0: Today is Sunday, February 21st, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman, episode 396 featuring Boston.com's Tom Westerholm. It is powered by BetOnline.ag. Go to BetOnline.ag today. Use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% bonus when you next sign up. Well, welcome in, and in the waning hours after just a totally embarrassing, disappointing Celtics loss to the Pelicans in overtime, no less, we are ready for a new addition to Celtics Beat. Welcome in. I'm Adam Kaufman. Great to be back with you. Evan Valenti, you're certainly familiar with him, and thanks to him for running the ship last week. And of course, Tom Westerholm, newly recently of Boston.com, first time on this show since that move from Mass Live. What's up, man? Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. How are you guys doing? Well, you know, we've been better. Been better. I'm, oh, yeah, I'm just great today. Definitely been better. <laughs> yeah, and Ev has had a, a whole day, you know, like independent of sports. You know, it's a home ownership grind, and, you know, all of us out there and in just Celtics fandom or covering the team or, or just, you know, people who like good basketball, we are suffering today. You know, generally, Tom, and, and I, I think you know this enough about me, certainly the listeners do, I, t- I tend to be – uh a positive person. I, I err on the side of, of optimism. And well, you know, like that, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm like the, I'm like the dog meme. I'm, I'm the, I'm the, this is fine dog surrounded by fire. And, uh, today it's really hard to be that. It, it really, you know, I start thinking, I'm watching that game earlier and I start thinking about what are we going to talk about on the show later? You know, maybe Danny's comments during the week. I know the, the, the last game, albeit a win, it, it, against atlanta it was you know tighter down the stretch than it should have been it wasn't a a, maybe a a full-on dominating victory or anything like that but maybe danny's comments during the week of of really just we're not good enough the roster isn't good enough this is not a contender maybe it woke them up just a little bit maybe they're just a little bit of the you know kick in the arse that they needed and uh well no I I think they are who we thought they were, uh, as, uh, you know, Dennis Green once said. And it's just this was this was such an infuriating loss to the Pelicans for so many reasons that obviously we have time to get to. And we don't typically like to make a a show isolated to one specific game. People may listen to it, you know, four days from now when it's less relevant. But we have to begin here. Main takeaways from just such a, a fresh wound that we're dealing with.
1: Well, I mean, I think the big one is just the fourth quarter struggles. Like they're the like one of the worst teams in the fourth quarter. They can't close games every single time they have a lead going into the fourth quarter. It feels tenuous because you just know that there's a very good, ch- I mean, you know, every indicator that we have so far this season is that they're going to either blow it or that they're going to come close to blowing it. Um, You know, obviously they actually finished off blowing it today, which, uh, you know, I, I, I probably made it a little bit worse for everybody, but yeah, I mean, look, like, I think Danny's comments, you know, they may have been pointed. They may have been trying to, uh, you know, maybe try to light a fighter under some guys. Um, you know, they, they might be a little bit exaggerated because again, we, this team isn't fully healthy we, we haven't seen them with Marcus smart and that will make a difference. But I mean, I don't think it, I don't think it makes like all the difference that they need it to make at this stage. You know, I think there's a lot going wrong with this team uh, that goes beyond Marcus smart at this point. So yeah, I mean, I, I think I think you summed it up nicely. I think that the the takeo- the big takeaways from this game are that they continue to struggle in the fourth quarter, and again, they are kind of who they have seemed to be. Like, I don't think I don't think they're running some big trick on us. I think that right now, this is just a, kind of a genuinely mediocre basketball team.
0: I'm not faulting Danny for it, but in multiple interviews and you know radio print whatever he did lean on the and and this was true at the time our desired starting five for the season has only been together for 20 minutes you know 20 minutes that's it we're what 30 games into the season at this point 15 and 15 with this loss today so there's validity in that and obviously what you're talking about with Marcus Smart not being out there I mean that's your top guy off the bench and sometimes he starts so there again you you can argue that and that's fine but it I just feel like we're we're kind of This is the pattern, right? And and maybe it's a string of bad luck in recent years, but this is the pattern. You look back at last year, the year before, the year before that, it always just kind of circles back to injuries. And it very rarely is the first thing we're not playing well enough. And Danny gets there. He, you know, he gets there and he's pressed on it. He doesn't run away from it, but it does again come back to health. And I just think that even if this team, Kemba Walker you know is is available from the start and he's not on a minutes restriction and Marcus Smart's not dealing with an injury and Jason Tatum who and you know obviously with with the COVID absence and not only that the breathing being out of whack as he described it since then and Jalen doesn't miss a couple of games like that none of that covers up for the fact that Tristan Thompson's been inconsistent that Rob Williams is not playing enough that Aaron Neesmith you know was slow to get it going and now he's out there and and you know he's a rookie you only expect so much but now he's starting to play well Peyton Pritchard has been nothing like he was pre-injury since he's come back um you know Jeff Teague who I I was so high on that edition, has been trash and Brad knows it which is why he's not playing him at all I mean he's just getting DNPs this team even healthy is not a contender it's just not you know, we would have liked to have, you know, been able to tell that story coming off of Eastern Conference Finals three out of the last four years and and general success, even if some want to call it underachievement losing to Miami, general success in the bubble last year in Orlando or months ago in Orlando. But where we are at right now, you can lean on on injuries or or things along those lines all you want. It it doesn't that doesn't totally cover up for all the defensive lapses that you talked about, inability to finish, lack of urgency. What was Evan, what was Jason Tatum's comment post game? We got grow oh, it was up. Jalen Brown. It's just like oh, Jalen Brown. Want.
2: Yeah, yeah. We like we don't want it enough. Basically, it was just you know we gotta we we gotta mature more and we gotta grow up a little bit because I mean look, you know good teams don't blow fourth quarter leads or almost blow fourth quarter leads to the Atlanta or Hawks who can't guard anybody to and into the New Orleans Pelicans. I mean you just can't you can't do that. I mean this team was up almost thirty points on the Pelicans. And at one point during the game, I didn't tweet it out. Luckily I didn't. I was like, man, the Pelicans are terrible. They're awful. <laughs> and I get like, some people want to do like the, Oh man, the one o'clock start time. That's weird. Or the three 30 start time on a Sunday. That's weird. Like I, I, yeah, I understand that in certain, but like, no, when you're, and they started slow, but they kicked, they kicked it into gear. And they looked great. You know, Jalen didn't have a, the best night shooting, but they had, an almost thirty-point lead, and they blew it. And they almost didn't. Luckily, in a couple of tough shots in regulation to keep them alive, um, but just couldn't hang with Zion and 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 Melly and and, and Brendan Ingram. I mean, like, come on here! Like, this is this is bad. And and you know, we talked off-air about what this team's going through, and I'm sure we'll go through it. You know, a little bit more as we get through the show. But you touched on it. You know, you know, Tom's inconsistent. You know, you're, you're getting, you're paying you know, Aaron at 27 minutes. And they were good 27 minutes, the best 27 minutes probably of his career so far. But if you're relying on that, it's just it's just not going to go well. They're inconsistent, and, and it all comes back to the top three guys. Uh, Tatum's been playing well, no question. Brown had nine assists tonight. So, you know, he's 25 and nine. Unbelievable. Kemba, one for 12 from three-point range. I mean – you're not going to win games when your third best score is one for 12 from beyond the arc. So they got to find a way to get Kemba most importantly on track because if they don't, I mean, they need to trade anyway, but if they don't and they don't get anybody in a trade, any big guy in a trade, this team is sunk in 2020, 2021. and you might as well start thinking about 21, 22, because there's just no way this team gets the NBA finals. No way.
1: Well, and to your point, you know, about, uh, you know, like Kemba struggled, like I think, you know, the pieces were kind of in place for the Celtics to fall apart a little bit down the stretch because like like you said, Jalen wasn't having the best shooting night. Kemba wasn't having the best shooting night and realistically that's been like the formula for a lot of the times when the Celtics have struggled this year is when only one of their, you know, their guys is really going like, and, and that was, you know, kind of the case this time, um you know, they were, they were getting offense, you know, in, in other areas as well. And obviously Rob was, was really playing well, but like, yeah, like, I mean, that's, that's part of the problem with this team, right. Is that like, their three guys can't really put it together. And some of that is, you know, that the fact that like Tatum and Jalen don't, all, you know, like they haven't always played well on the same night part of that is certainly that Kemba Walker has had, you know, like four good games. (laughs) Like, and you know, there was, there was some, there was some positive momentum for him, you know, like he was starting to get things together a little bit and maybe this is just kind of a one-off. Maybe he does start to kind of get things together a little bit, but like, you know, the the whole Celtic season kind of rests on that because it's going to be hard to improve this team, the amount that they need to improve at the trade deadline. i got, I think, you know, fans look at the TPE fans, look at the, uh, you know, the big one, they look at, you know, NS cancer and traded player exception, all that stuff. Like, and and there's improvements that can be made, but you know, like a lot needs to be fixed. And uh, you know, like, unless you can, unless you can fix all of it, like I don't think this is a championship team unless Kemba Walker is a star and that, that's been what this whole season is riding on, like from the jump. And I think the answer so far is that he isn't, um, you know, I, I, I mean, I hope for his sake that, that he, you know, Ken got to do it because I'm sure this is really frustrating for him, um, you know, to just kind of be uh, you know, to, to be kind of on and off again all the time. But I mean, that, that feels like the long and the short of it, right. Is that like this team is a championship contender. If Kemba Walker is, is great and he hasn't been great so far.
0: Kemba, his, uh, you know, just recent game log and, and he's, like you said, he's been playing better of late prior to this game today. He really had been, you know, 20 plus points a game, but more notable than that was shooting the ball well. And you, you look specifically at, at three. Now he obviously had that really, he was kind of miserable uh, to, you know, come out of the injury, the, you know, all that he played in January, which wasn't much, you know, the half dozen games, he didn't shoot the ball well to start February, didn't shoot the ball. Well recently, You know, last game, five out of eight, three for eight before that, four for seven before that, five out of eight before that. And so, I mean, good percentages, well over 40% for the month, all told. And then obviously he has the one for 12 today. And you can look at it and say, as you alluded to, you know, maybe it's a one-off, maybe it's not a big deal. I I know that players will always tell you, you got to try and shoot your way out of it. Coaches, Brad Stevens, a guy, you know, philosophically who've used the game as he does will certainly say you got to shoot your way out of it. Shooters got to shoot all of that. But you know, at a certain point in time where you're one for 12 from three in a close game, do you need to back off? Do you need to lean more on your, your true stars? The, you know, the, the guys that are guiding you night after night, or does it, should he just be continuing to fire away? Hope it falls because you'd rather he take a three than a Daniel Tice, a Shemi Ojale, guys like that.
1: I th- I think that the Celtics are right to let him keep shooting for two reasons. Number one, um, you know, like as much as sure, like you could say, like you know, Jalen and Jason should you know should have the bulk of it, but at the same time, they already do. Like those guys are being really really worked right now. They're they're just being asked to do a whole lot, and you know they're asked, they're being asked to do a whole lot. I mean, Jalen's dealing with knee tendinitis. They're you know they're they're playing like every other night, if not every night. Like like you know, I know fans don't want to hear it, but like and I know it's like, true league wide, but like, these guys are all exhausted. Like it's, this is a really, really taxing difficult season. And um, you know, I'm not saying that's like the reason for the Celtics struggles. I'm just saying like, that's why you can't, like, I don't think you can just go to Jalen and Jason and be like, I think we need a little more from you guys. Um, And then I think the other thing too, is just again, like, like I think Kemba should keep shooting because if he doesn't, if he isn't a star, then this team isn't a championship team. And if that's the goal this year is is to be a championship team, like, I think somehow Kemba has to figure it out. And, uh, again, Celtics fans like might not like that because right now it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. But I, I think that really is kind of how it shakes down is, um, even with a big you know addition at the trade deadline or whatever it might be, this team contending depends on, on Kemba being, you know, a 20 point per game guy or, or something close to that. Certainly somebody who's capable of that, you know, night in and night out. So, um, yeah, so I mean, I, that, like that's where I would come down on it. And it, it, again, it, it's tough because the injury—you know—you don't want to make like the injury excuse because, like you said, it happens every single year. Um, but you know, like for better or worse, Kemba's knee is—you know—could could decide this entire season. So you know, we keep harping. I keep harping on it, but like it's—it's <laughs> it's pretty important that your third best player is a good player.
2: To piggyback yeah. off that though, just yeah. just because. You know, Kemba's shooting 12 threes. A lot of people are like, well, you know, he, maybe he should stop shooting. And the problem is who the hell is going to play point guard instead of Kemba Walker? I mean, I mean, we all love Pritchard, right? But Pritchard has been going through it as of late. You know, he's going to have some struggles. He's rookie. He's been great so far, but you're really counting on him to kind of run their offense in the fourth. Cause again, Tom's, Tom's running the money. Jalen and Jason are doing enough. This should be enough. These two guys are carrying a huge burden here. Somebody has to give him a break. It's not going to be Daniel Tice. It's not going to be Rob Williams. It's not going to be Tristan Thompson, Aaron. It's not going to be any of those guys. It has to be Kemba. It can't be anybody else. You know, maybe in other times it's Marcus Smart can come off and and give him because Marcus is always willing to get those shots up anyway. So maybe it's – but, like, right now the way this team currently is, it can only be Kemba. And that's sort of the problem where this team is right now because they have so many guys that have limited skill sets. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing because you need those guys. Like, you need a – you know, everybody like, oh, we should get P.J. Tucker. It's like, well, you know, Shemmy Ojale gives you some of that. I'm not trying to say he gives you all that, but he gives you some of that. You know, Rob Williams, and I'm sure we will get him later, playing out of his mind lately. You know, he can only do so much. Aaron Needsmith can only do so much. You need somebody to help Jalen and Jason with the scoring load. And it's not going to be anybody else on the roster. It has to be Kemba Walker. Or if they make a trade, maybe it's that guy. But with the way the roster is – Right now, as of, what is it, the 20th, 21st today, whatever the hell the day it is today. It's March a yep. millionth, For what I care. You know, it's it, it has to be Kemba. It can't be anybody else. And that's the struggles that Boston has right now. It's the, the roster crunch they're in right now. And, and and don't get me wrong, injuries has something to do with that. But at the end of the day, too, this roster lacks something. And it's becoming more evident Game after game, after game, Chris Gasper, of course, had a great quote at the, or a great tweet at the end of the game. Celtics are 29th in bench scoring. That's a problem.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No question. And it really hammers home. Like I was talking about this on my podcast a couple of days ago, like, the, the 2018 season, that time. Why do you plug, plug it? In? Oh, the, uh, the Geno time podcast, over on the blue wire podcast network. Anybody subscribe. can, not, you know, like subscribe five-star review. Yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I mean, it was look the, the 2018, 19 season, it went so poorly. And the weirdest thing about that team was how much talent there actually was. Mm-hmm. And that's why this team is so different is because there's actually like the, the two stars are actually playing great. It's just that there's, you know, I mean, they, like this team would kill. We were talking about it before the, before the, uh, before we started recording, this team would kill for Terry Rozier right now. Like, mm-hmm. and Terry Rozier was getting, you know, like 12 minutes a game or whatever he was in 2018, 19. Like, it's crazy how much talent has come and gone. Um, And like, you know, the, the talent that's on the team has really developed. They've, they've gotten really good. And I don't, you know, I don't think it's impossible that that could happen again next year. You know, I think that the Celtics do a pretty good job of, you know, like we haven't seen Romeo this year, but like, like, I think, you know, they, they do a pretty good job of developing some of these guys. I think, you know, next year, Aaron Neesmith and Romeo Langford might be reliable bench players, or, you know, maybe even one of them can slide into the starting role. Like if, you know, if everything goes well and if they really improve over the summer, like those things are not impossible, but uh, as of right now the, the like the talent gap between you know the Celtics teams of the last two years and and the team this year is just really catastrophic and i think it 's a big i think that that bench you know scoring uh stat is you know it sums it up really well like they just outside of the really talented guys there 's not a lot of talent uh kind of underneath them I was waiting for the wherefore Art thou Romeo joke and you blew it you blew it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the, uh, that's what this is why warrior. this is why the geno time podcast is kind of you know
0: <laughs> <laughs> So, so staying with kemba though may fine like i'm if if we if we want to agree that obviously he's got to be your third best player he's got to be a star he's got to have usage all of that no nope, no qualms there should we be attacking the way in which he is playing his game and some of it is adjusting to the minutes restrictions and and some of it is obviously just shot selection that type of thing you can't ignore though you know we were talking a little bit before we came on Evan and I about You know, Tatum Brown, especially, still kind of, you know, whining about non calls when they go to the rim. Now, that obviously wasn't the case against the Pelicans. Between the two of them, they went to the free throw line almost 25 times. They had their opportunities. Even if they aren't getting nearly the calls that they should be, those star calls over the course of the season, today, that was not a problem. Kemba, though. It's not about not getting the call. It's about not even trying to get the call. He right now is averaging, at least coming into today, and it's going to be consistent because he went to the line three times. He is averaging 3.1 free throws per game, 3.1. Now, his career average is 4.7. During his, you know, earlier time with Charlotte when he was really, you know, the the Kemba we all know and love was consistently five and a half how yeah. much do you think the knee is playing into him not even attempting to go to the line to draw contact to be that guy that he was before this
1: issue came along and how problematic is that well i mean it's it's they're 15 and 15 right or is, is that right or something like yeah. that they uh, it's, it's it's hugely problematic for sure um look i mean he he insists that it's not his knee that he feels fine and, and and that might be the case like i you know i i'm i don't know what his knee is doing but if that's the if it's not his knee then like that's logical. I mean, then that's almost more concerning, right. Is like, if if your knee's feeling great and this is how you're playing, like, you know, like that, like maybe, like, you know, maybe it's just another stage of his career and, you know, and again, maybe not like, like, I I, I don't know at this stage, it's difficult to write. It's difficult to say what, you know, what it is with him because there there was that four game stretch where he was playing a lot better and he looks pretty good. And even today, you know, he snuck a couple of those, um, excuse me, a couple of those layups uh, where, where it looks like he should get blocked. And, and then he doesn't, you know, he just kind of sneaks it up there. He had a couple of those. And I think those are kind of a reliable indicator of, of maybe he, maybe he is feeling a little bit better. So, cause he wasn't doing those early in the season. So, I mean, you know, like realistically, like I could see it either way. I could certainly see, you know, the four game sample size being just noise. I could also see his one for 12 shooting night being just noise. Like, you know, I don't, <laughs> Like, I don't think he's a one for 12, three point shooter. If he shoots four for 12, then this is a completely different game. So um, I don't know. I mean, that's a complete non-answer to your question, but like, like, it's certainly concerning because if, because if, you know, like I said, if the knee is fine and this is how he's playing and this is just who he is and that's a problem. But, um, you know, I I, like, I'm certainly not going to tell people that it's not panic time, but I do think that there is still a chance that Kemba Walker looks a little bit more like, the Kemble Walker that, you know, everybody, everybody kind of knows. Um, and if he isn't, then again, this team, then this team is kind of, you know, kind of, kind of met. Quick break here. Just
0: to tell you about bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Now, football that's over as we know, but NBA, college basketball, the NHL, those are in full swing NBA title odds, Lakers at plus 220, the Nets plus 400. Clippers plus 600, the Bucks plus 700, the Sixers Doc Rivers led plus 1100 has them playing well. The Jazz don't discount them just because they don't have those, you know, quintessential superstars that all those other teams I mentioned do. Plus 1,200 odds, and of course the Celtics, if you are still a believer, longer odds, but maybe it's a good opportunity for you to cash a little bit plus 1800. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV. basically there's nothing you can't find that you uh, you know should desire to bet on. real-time updated odds props, almost anything that you can possibly imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, the scores, the odds, all of it, and it's the best way and best place for your bets. free to sign up as well. Head over to their website. Use your mobile device. Sign up today. Receive fifty percent a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget, use the promo code as CLNS50 to receive a fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. That is Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, all of that in mind uh you've alluded tom uh, a number of times here in the show to the tpe and i know danny was asked about it certainly didn't express any sort of urgency to use it not that he would i'm not surprised by that uh i've (laughs) you pay attention to what's out there on on social media or on tv the talking heads writers even i mean i've heard arguments for jj reddick don't agree with any of them i've heard arguments for al horford loved him here Nope. No, thanks. Don't need to bring them back. If you're going to attempt to use that TPE, as I would assume Danny is at least attempting to do and exploring, and we'll see who becomes available at that point in time, you know, you're talking about, uh, I know Evan would love to see a a Harrison Barnes here. Who wouldn't Uh, Nick Vucevic, you could certainly make a a strong case for Uh, people have floated, you know, John Collins, who's not a TPE guy based on his money. He doesn't have to be, but obviously assets would have to go the other way, but that is a guy you would have to, pay a significant amount of money to given he turned down what $90 million from the Hawks that guys getting ready to cash in, you know, I would like to see a Collins type player brought in or even some of the other guys that I mentioned guys who are not 30 or on the wrong side of 30 guys who are, you know, either mid twenties to upper twenties who are experienced who are if not already established budding stars in the league, I'm, I'm thinking less about, you know, contending this year and more about a window. And, and, you know, putting yourself in the best position to compete long-term. So all of that being said, how does this play out? Is Danny going to find a way to use this before the trade deadline? Are we looking at the off-season? Is he not going to use it at all? And who would
1: you target? So the first question I think is a really interesting one because I think it will kind of tell us what Danny actually thinks of this team, right? Like if I think if he goes out and he, you know, makes, tries to make like a big, you know, splashy move, if he goes out and gets... You know, Aaron Gordon, or if he goes out and gets Harrison Barnes, or whoever it might be, um, you know, I think then he actually thinks like, okay, this team, you know, then maybe when he when he did say that, you know, I don't think this team is a contender, then maybe he was just kind of trying to light a fire under them, and maybe he does kind of see this team as you know a potential contender, somebody who could um, make a little bit of a run. Um, If he doesn't think that this team is there, then I think you have to just hold on to the TPE as much as it's going to make everyone really mad. Um, If you don't think this team is a contender, I think you have to hold it for the offseason because there will be more options available at that time. (coughs) (laughs) Sorry, guys.
0: (coughs) That's fine, especially with the play-in tournament, right? Like there there are so (coughs) many teams that you don't even know how they're feeling about their seasons right now. And Orlando, you know, as you mentioned, Aaron Gordon was part of that. Sacramento's hanging around just enough to
2: make Harrison Barnes like not available, which is going to drive me up a wall. So I'm already (laughs) ready for that particular part of the season.
1: The other weird thing about Harrison Barnes is the last five games, he has fallen off a cliff. So I I think there might be a little bit of regression to mean going on with him right now, but um, regardless though, like, you know, I I think if, again, if, if you don't think that this team is a championship team, you wait till the off season, you try to get something a little bit better. Maybe you're dealing at that point from a position of strength, you know, as opposed to like, Right now, where teams know, like, if if the Celtics are trading right now, they are desperately trying to turn their team into a contender. And maybe they say, "Look, what you offered is nice. We want an extra, you know, an extra first round pick, or we want that pick to be completely unprotected, or whatever it might be, you know, something that the Celtics might not be comfortable with." So, um, you know, I mean, like, I think that's kind of how it breaks down. And and you can go through the list. I mean, I, I think I, I I'm I'm you know I agree that Harrison Barnes probably like is. Like, if if you can get like the version of Harrison Barnes, who's played for most of this year, like, I do think that that is that answers a lot of the Celtics problems. You know, I think it makes their rotation make more sense. I think, you know, it adds floor spacing. It adds defensive versatility. Um, I would also say that, you know, whenever Danny Ainge is uh, involved, you never actually know who the trade target is going to be when it actually happens. So, like, you know, we talk about Harrison Barnes. We talk about Aaron Gordon. I mean, it's probably somebody like if he does make a deal, it's probably somebody like we're not even thinking of. Yeah, he's but
0: they're looking for Jeremy Grant.
1: You know, it's like something. Yeah. Somebody, yeah. <laughs> you know, Scal might have blown his cover there with that one. Um, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but yeah, no, like I, I just I think that's I just think that's how it's going to break down. And, and I think it really just does kind of come down to what does Danny think of this team? Like, is there any chance that they contend? Because if so, I think he probably will make a move because I think he he will look at you know, Jalen and Jason and think, I don't want to, you know, waste a year of of how good these guys are. But, you know, if not, then like at at very least, if you kick the can down the road, maybe Neesmith's value goes up a little bit as the season goes on. Maybe Romeo comes back and looks like a real, you know, a real prospect. Like maybe, maybe Peyton Pritchard gets it together a little bit after, you know, recent some recent struggles and, and maybe you just have a better trade package for a better player during the off season. And if that's the case, you know, I think you got to do it, but, yeah, it just kind of just kind of shakes down to how honest he was when he said he doesn't think this team's a contender.
2: Do you think they're a contender, Tom?
1: No, I don't. I really don't. <laughs> I don't think they're a contender, and I, I don't think that they are with a trade deadline move. Um, which which is why I I think that there is quite a bit of you know rationale to pushing it to the off season. And yeah, like um, you know, and again, maybe maybe you have better value then maybe maybe somebody gets disgruntled during the season, somebody that you could really help you. Um. You know, any number of things could happen. But I I just the way this team is struggling, you know, the and just kind of the miles that are being put on Jalen and Jason right now. I just like even if even if they do get bringing a great piece like are are all these miles, are they going to be able to hold up, you know, for the whole regular season and into the offseason? Like, I don't know. It's it's tough, man. So um, I, I just I don't see it with this team right now.
0: Isn't some of that too semantics, right? Like how do you personally define a contender? Like to me, uh, you know, I, I, to me, a contender is a team that I realistically think has a chance to win a championship, right? Just plain and simple. That, that is the, you know, that, that is the purest definition of it to me. If you had asked me about that last year, even in the playoffs, the way they were going early on, even if they'd beaten Miami and gone to the NBA finals, I still would have said, I don't think they're going to beat the Lakers. i I still don't think i mean sure you're a contender just by virtue of the fact that you're there i guess like lebron goes down or davis goes down you got a chance course but you know if if all things being equal everybody being healthy i I don't i don't see how you could possibly look at this team as a contender yeah no i like lebron going down away from one of the nba finals man Right, that's what I—that's what I mean. The guy's a robot; he doesn't go down. So it's you know bad like, place to be. It's you to be. You that right now. Yeah, like even that. But that's what <laughs> I mean. They had beaten Miami, as so many people believe they should have. Even if they had beaten Miami, you know, and bio you know, Adebayo goes down against you as opposed to the Lakers. He, and and you're able to get there. Like, you're still not going to beat the Lakers. You know, I, I think it would have been a more competitive series. It would have been more interesting. But they still weren't going to win that championship. And so that just, that, that shows the gap. That shows the hurdle that needs to be overcome. And I don't know what guy, what singular addition
1: comes in and changes that right now. And it's tough because I think exactly to your point, like, they're really – every single season, there are, are what? Like, generously five teams? Like, there's 30 NBA teams, right? Every every season, generously, there's, like, five that could win a championship. And, right. you know, like, like if you just kind of close your eyes and you did it, like and you just kind of like, were like, okay, what are the five? You go L.A., L.A., Brooklyn. And then you're like, uh, like, I don't know, maybe there's a couple others. And then you could, like, make a case for Utah. You could make a case for, you know, some of these other teams. But, like, I, you know, you, you could make a case for, for Philly before you make a case for Boston. For Boston exactly that you can I mean you can make a case for like you could definitely make a case for Milwaukee before you can make a case for Boston because like you know like they have problems in the you know in the in the playoffs certainly but like they also still have Giannis so like you know like there's there's cases that can be made all over the place but like I like I just don't see what it is for Boston right now like what what about this team would convince you that they can, you know, I mean, certainly that they could beat the Lakers four times out of seven or the Clippers four times out of seven, but also, you know, you go down the line, like what, what makes you think that they can stop dwell and bead enough four times out of seven, the way he's playing and how, how much they've struggled to guard him. What makes you think that they could, you know, slow down Giannis after just seeing, I mean, they've done such a good job against Zion and the against uh, Giannis in the past, but look at what it took Zion two quarters to figure them out. And, mm-hmm. and like yeah. Zion and, and Giannis are very similar players. So, yeah, it's just like logistically
0: oh, high on is thick. That dude is a force.
1: They're not similar physically certainly, yeah. but they're similar in in terms of style of play. Um yeah. so yeah, I mean I just I don't see it like like and uh, you know. And and I mean the tough thing is is you know, I I, I obviously I, I said about a million times there that like oh, it all rests on Kemba and it's like yeah, but like if even if Kemba's great, like how much does that, you know, how much does that improve things? How much does that change the calculus with, with Giannis or with uh, you know, with Harden, Durant and Kyrie? Like, you know, there's there's some tough teams out there and I don't know that I think the Celtics are one of them.
0: At what point do you need to not pack it in because that's not at all what i'm advocating this is a playoff team this is a team that could make noise you know obviously guys get healthy guys get right guys get confident shots fall like they can go on a run so i'm not dismissing any of that they they could be right back in the conference finals for sure you know i think that's their ceiling as things stand right now but they could absolutely be back there but nevertheless at what point do you kind of evolve in your approach at least a little bit like a game like today is a good example does Daniel Tice need to be playing 40 minutes to Rob Williams 20 when he looked great when he was out there you know do we need to see more of Robert Williams do we need to see more of you know it's hard to see more of Pritchard than you are but do we need to see more of Neesmith and, I, and maybe we're trending in that direction because he played 27 minutes today but do you need to start to see a little bit more of what you've got in your youth as you try and shape a contender
1: I mean, I would argue yes. And, and it's not just because of the youth. Like I I think that one kind of outside the box thing you could do is you could just go to Tatum and Jalen and say, listen, you guys are super worn down. Like I, like we get it. We're going to put you on a 25 minute limit for like the rest of the season and just say like, like, we don't want you guys to get hurt for next year. Like we want to like preserve you guys as much as we can If we're the seventh seed, screw it. Like we're the seventh seed. And we'll we'll go from there. It's like, cause which would you rather be a fourth seed and Jalen and Jason are averaging like, you know, 36 minutes a night because you need them to, to do like, to, to, to be everything. Or would you rather be a seventh seed and have healthy, fresh, or at least more fresh guys? Like, I, like and in doing that, you would you know give Neesmith more minutes. You would you know maybe let Grant Williams get on the floor and kind of work through some of his kinks. You know maybe you maybe you get um, Romeo Langford back and and he's able to you know kind of show what he can do. Like um you know I, like I I think there's a case to be made for it. Um even even if it is just like again like you said not packing it in, but I think you do like if part of your calculus is you don't want to like upset Jalen and Jason and you want, you want them to be happy and you want them to feel competitive, like then you're already kind of looking down the road a little bit, right? Like you're already kind of a team that's looking toward the future. And if that's going to be the case, like you do not want one of those guys, you know, kind of putting a ton of wear and tear or, you know, God forbid getting injured um, as a result of just being out there so much. So I don't know. I mean, like, I'm sure there's a million reasons why that's a bad idea that like, you know, Brad Stevens and, and the assistant coaches would be like, if I was ever able to talk to somebody, they'd be like, Tom, don't be an idiot. Um, But like, yeah, I, I mean, I, I kind of wonder if there isn't, you know, if, if there isn't some kind of like a happy medium there where you just say like, or, or even, you know, if it's like alternate nights, you know, like Jalen's on a 20 minute limit tonight, Tatum's on one tomorrow or whatever it is, where you just like, you, I, I think that there is something to trying to preserve these guys. Um, in a, in a really difficult season, in a super packed together season um, where they just have had a lot to do. Um, and I think it's been really hard.
2: The thing is, those two guys are ready for the, the next step. And, and it seems like the, the rest of the team's not ready with them yet. And it's just, is a bummer. Um, but I'll, I'm with you on the more, the more Robert Williams, um, I need all of it. I need all the Rob Williams minutes. <laughs> he's just been, you know, the, the he's going to do a couple things a game that are going to make you go, what the hell are you doing? But He's also going to provide you a lot of really excellent, you know, material. I mean, he had a lot of stuff in the game against the Pelicans where you sit there and go, he's the only guy in on this team that can do anything like that. I mean, he, he had a couple of alley oops where he's, his head is at the rim and his arm is almost over the top of the backboard. You had the block on Brandon Ingram's three, which is a super impressive block because he's got to give up the drive, right? And again, cl- I mean, that was ridiculous. Doris Burke did a great job highlighting that. Um, you know, they, they are in a weird spot right now only because those two other guys are ready to go. Those guys, you know, they might not make all NBA teams, you know, they might not both make the all-star team, uh, but those two guys are ready to go to battle every night. And, and they're ready to, to take the next step into, you know, c- that full contention, you know, they're, they've got one toe in or one foot in and not all, they're not all the way in yet. Cause it's the rest of the guys. And, you know, I look at, you know, we, we talk about injuries, you talk about bringing guys in and, and, and we all, nobody really knows what the true answer to this team is yet. And we're all going to be searching for answers for the next couple of weeks because you're not going to get any answer because we're not going to see Marcus Smart until after the all-star break. We got that little nugget of news from Woj, I think right before the game. Uh, I think they're going to hold a uh, uh, our, our boy, Romeo Langford out until after the all-star break. So we're not going to see any of those two reinforcements anytime soon. Um you know, and I there is a world where I think the chaos of Marcus Smart maybe brings this team together a little bit. Um, he is sort of the 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 chemistry leader of this team. He's sort of the the, the backbone, the heart and soul. I think Jalen's did a good job in the absence, trying to kick guys in the ass a little bit. I think I think Tristan Thompson's done the job of the veteran of trying to get everybody together. But you know, you look at the whole rest of the roster, and and you have Jalen and Jason, and they're just you know they're forty one minutes both of them against the, against the Pelicans, they're playing, you know, 36, 37 minutes a night to get wins, to barely squeak by to Tom's point. Like that's maybe something you have to think about the rest of the year is managing these guys minutes. And, and, and cause you heard, was it Brad pregame? They said they got to man, they got to monitor Rob's minutes for the rest of the year. Cause they want to make sure he's fresh in the playoffs. Like I'd be more worried about resting the other two guys who've been, whose usage rates are <laughs> got to be through the roof right now, concerned the way the rest of the team's playing. I would be way more worried about that. I'd be way more worried about those guys being fresh because look, like, yeah, having a fresh Robert Williams when it comes to playoff time is going to be nice. But if those two guys aren't healthy, there's absolutely no way in hell you get, you sniff the conference finals never on the
0: NBA finals. We might be just overlooking and Tom brought it up before. We we might not be making enough of uh, of, of a point about Jalen and, and the knee tendonitis. That Danny dropped on us recently. I mean, maybe that's something that's worth monitoring and, and being a little bit more aware of going forward.
1: Yeah, I, I look, I think that that's I mean, like, all you have to do is look at Kemba and, and like, you know, the balcony there and just be like, look, like you don't want, I, I don't think you want to mess with with like long term knee problems. Because, um, you know, that, that's scary stuff. But I mean, you know, just to, to Evan's point, just to just to the the usage rate, it's kind of crazy right now. Um, this is this is from cleaning the glass. Jalen Brown, twenty nine point six percent usage rate, which is ninety fifth among wings, ninety uh, fifth percentile. What was uh, it, what was it last year? Do you have that handy? Uh, I can get it real quick. Yeah. So last Just to show year, show the
2: difference between the two numbers.
1: Certainly. So so Jalen last year was twenty three point three. So it's gone up About quite a bit
2: lower than that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so 29.6 for Jalen, uh, 31.6 for Tatum. Uh, that's 99th percentile and Kemba, you know, 30.2, that's 71st percentile among point guards. So like those three guys have huge usage rates and the rest of the team, the entire rest of the team is below average in usage rate, Um, you know, for their position. So, I mean, again, like even Kemba, who's struggling, they are putting a lot on these guys and, you know, and that's not a criticism of Brad because like, I don't know what, I don't know what else he's supposed to do. Um, we get to
2: that. Can we get to this whole Brad thing cuz I feel like people are yeah, are why turning is on Brad a little yet, Tom? People are turning on Brad a little bit and I, <laughs> and I'm of the the idea that it's not it's more Danny's fault than Brad's fault.
1: Well, Danny said that.
2: Danny's not yeah. running
0: from that. <laughs>
1: Yeah. No, I, I would agree with that. I mean, I think when you look at, at the things that people complained about with Brad, you know, it was stuff like the two big lineup, which has played pretty well in February. And like, that was what he was trying to do. He was trying to establish that. And then he said the other day, like, you know, yeah, they struggled, but if you look at our record, we like, he's like, they, we won games during that stretch. So it was, you know, like that ended up working out. Okay. Or you look at, um you know, like pe- people like to rip on his rotations and it's like, okay, but like, the rotations that he's working with now aren't working. Like he's, he's trying to find things that work. Um, So, yeah, I mean, look, like, I I don't, you know, I don't think he's had like a perfect season, but I think that the people who who are just screaming like fire, Brad, fire, Brad, fire, Brad, like, like one, what would you, what, what do you want Brad to be doing right now? Like he's, he's playing his best players as much as he you know physically can. And two, like, who who do you want to replace him? yeah. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, sure. Like you can point to other coaches around the league and be like, well, that guy's doing this and it's really good. Or, you know, Eric spolster's doing this and it's really good. Or Quinn Snyder's doing this and it's really good. But like, I mean, it, like Brad's defense until this year, pretty much every single year, the Celtics are a great defensive team under Brad Stevens. I mean, mm-hmm. um, you know, like, like, I don't know what's happening right now, but like, it feels unlikely to me that there is somebody out there that there's a coach out there who is going to be, you know, exponentially better than Brad and is gonna somehow turn this group into a contender um you know as opposed to what Brad is doing like i I don't I, I think that the calls to fire him are one a little premature and two like just not gonna happen like you guys might as well save your energy because like Danny's made it pretty clear that he's not that Brad isn't going anywhere and he just signed an extension so I, I don't I don't think Brad Stevens is going anywhere anytime soon
0: yeah I mean obviously uh Evan and I agree with you on that and and don't believe he should be going anywhere, yeah. you know, which is an important distinction. You know, it's one thing to say he should go, but he won't go. We don't believe he should go. So, you know, we're, you don't have to preach to us on that. That's for sure. But I'm sure there are plenty of people out there listening that you do, but uh, I mean, I don't know, I, I guess building off of that before we do let you go and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but Gary Washburn wrote recently that, you know, he believes, or I, I don't know if this came from a source or if this just is his own, Two eyes, But, you know, he's of, of the mind that, you know, maybe players are starting to tune Brad out a little bit. Are you seeing any of that is is there a is there a disconnect between the coaching staff and the players because if in fact that exists, then you do have a problem on your hands.
1: Of course, and especially again because what like the biggest thing that you're trying to do right now is keep Jalen and Jason healthy. So if there is it or happy, healthy too, I suppose. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um. So like, yes. I mean, if that if that is a problem, then then certainly you have to reconsider. And then I think, yeah, like if you're a smart franchise, then Brad's job would be in trouble. Um, you know, when you talk to the players and when the players talk, like like Gary, I mean, Gary really knows, like Gary's been around the game for a long time. Like I, you know, what he, what he sees is there's probably something there. Um, I don't think that's probably what's happening just because I don't see the, uh, like, like in the post-game press conferences, the players are generally like, like, this is something that, you know, we need to fix. We need to have more energy. We need to do X, Y, or Z like, and not that they would explicitly call out the coach, but like, they aren't really leaving a lot of room for the coach to be blamed in their post-game comments. And maybe like, maybe they're just like being smart with that stuff because it's impossible to deny the larger point, which is that like, this team is wildly like, I don't know if they're underachieving or just not that good. Like it whatever it is, like what whatever the case is, they're 15 and 15 and people had higher expectations for, you know, the team that was in the Eastern conference finals last year. Um, but I mean, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, This is actually like, this is actually the most frustrating thing about this season as like a reporter is that if I was in the locker room, I would feel like I had like a better sense of it, even though like players wouldn't just be like, hey, Tom, come here. Like, let me tell you why I think Brad Stevens sucks. Like, obviously that doesn't happen, but you're just like, you know, you're around things a little bit more. You have a better feel for it. Um, well, and you would
0: to, as you're saying, you would have the ability to, you know, if, if you have a better relationship with some guys well, than others to, you know, go up to them and say like, Hey, just off the record, yeah, <laughs> you, know, it, you can't yeah. do any of
1: that over zoom calls. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, the Celtics uh, aren't, aren't about to let you just, uh, Hey, uh, can I, can I pull uh, Tatum aside for just a second off the zoom call? Like, no, that's yeah. not happening. So, Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's really hard to say right now. Um, and, and all we have to look at is, you know, what's happening on the court, which is not great. So, um, something's going on. I don't know what it is, but, uh, whatever the case, like, you know, to give a Brad Stevens type answer, I think everybody's got to be better.
0: Well, just, you know, have some stones, Tom, the next time that you talk to Brown, just say, you know, Hey, I'm
1: just wondering, are you guys tuning out the coach at all? I believe I would have to go back and look. I believe somebody did get asked that, um, or no, that might have been Danny on the on the Toucher and Rich call. But yeah, yeah. that
0: seems, that, uh, that makes sense. But uh, yeah. that's that's a totally different format
1: for sure, for sure. So yeah, man, it's uh like it's it's tough to say, but uh, whatever it is, it needs to something's gonna change real quick here. So. No, and clearly, I'm not expecting you to
0: ask that question. <laughs> I mean that that would go really well. <laughs> Man up,
2: do it up. I don't know. <laughs> throw the pop. Maybe you would like the fire. Maybe Tom, maybe you guys guy that lights the fire underneath this team to try and get yeah. you know, get him in shape and get him in gear. I don't know. Maybe that's what it's gonna take. Just every every Zoom call, just be like, Hey, you guys uh tuning Brad out at all, or what's going on there? I can just but again, that just it to me You can
0: be you can become the Johnny Miller. Just start to ask the tough questions, you know, every time. I loved it the other day.
2: I'll give Hein Bloom some credit. He he laughed it off real quick. I, I, that was good stuff. Of course, Johnny Miller, legendary Johnny Miller.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just, Kemba, I'm just curious. Is uh, is there a reason that you don't try and draw contact and drive to the hoop at all anymore? <laughs> Boom, done.
2: We <And laughs> gotta get Johnny on the beat.
0: <laughs> Johnny yeah. and somethings beat. Be fun. Absolutely. Tristan, do you feel like there's I don't know any chance that you weren't the right guy for the Celtics to sign. Just go ahead.
2: (laughs) What? Jeff,
0: wondering, Jeff, if you're ever going to play again.
1: No. I I feel bad for Jeff, man. I really do. Like, they they signed him for 2.5 million dollars like they did not sign this guy to be like the answer to everything off the bench like they didn't pay him that kind of money they paid him like almost like a you know not quite the minimum but not a lot of money and then when he you they know made meant
0: to be better than brad wanamaker which was not a huge ask
1: but that, that is fair um, um which yeah i mean they probably would like to like to have wanamaker back right about now um but you know, like one way or the other, they, they, they brought in this guy, they they didn't pay him that much. And like, you know, he made a bunch of threes in the preseason. And I feel like a lot of people were like, Oh my goodness. Like this guy is the answer. This guy is everything. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. Adam.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Raise his hand. It, in <laughs> fairness, I didn't need him to hit all those threes. I said it when they signed him. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, I mean, there was rationale for it. Like if you look at his numbers, like there's, there was actual rationale behind it even like last year, but um, yeah, like, Turns out the guy's making two point five for uh, for a reason. So yeah, he's taking two point five. Is what he's
0: doing. <laughs> I don't know if he's earning it. Good work if you can get it, man. Yeah, right. Keep getting them checks. That's that new BDC contract. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that, that's about my salary for sure. <laughs> half dozen games before the all-star break folks uh dallas coming up on tuesday so depending on when you're listening maybe that's tomorrow uh you've got uh in atlanta continuing and wrapping up that road trip on wednesday and then friday uh, at home against indy home against washington then tuesday uh finishing up the homestand with la that's the clippers and then uh, a game against toronto and, and that'll be the break do you uh just i don't know prediction time and then we'll let you go uh are Tatum and or Brown all-stars and uh second to that just your opinion should they be
1: going in the first place
0: if they are
1: uh I think I think they'll both be all-stars I think they should be um should should they be going look man I don't see any reason to be having an exhibition game I mean I I get why the NBA is doing it like it's money uh you know like Adam Silver can say whatever he wants about like the fans this the fans that it's an important game all that but like you know it's money, so. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I hope that everybody comes out of it unscathed, uh, cause I, you know, I would have concerns about gathering all of your best players in the league in one place and potentially exposing them all to like, like if something goes wrong, there's a lot of, uh, you know, like, sure, this might like help you financially, but also there's a lot of, uh, a lot of your product is, uh, is going to be present at this game. So, I mean, I just, I, I really hope everybody just like stays healthy cause I would have a lot of concerns about it.
0: Well, oh by the way, are we just assuming all the Atlanta strip clubs are gonna be closed that night?
1: Okay. Right. You no, know, Harn's
0: going. Harn's making it, so buckle
2: <laughs> the hell up, everybody. <laughs> Come on now. Like it's okay. not gonna be like Jalen to go do something with, you know, something some some great thing that he always does. He'll go out and 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 march around, but you know Harden's going to the club and they're already
0: preparing for it. <laughs> Wear your mask. Uh,
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it was Atlanta's mayor was, was talking about how like, well, you know, don't, don't, uh, you know, don't, don't everybody go crazy. Like it's like, what do you expect them to do? Like everybody's, you know. everybody's lost all this money during the pandemic anyway there's this one opportunity to make some of course people are going to try
0: no but i love even the people of atlanta like leadership are like don't do this exactly yeah (laughs) don't don't bring this chaos to our city this is a bad idea we don't need this (laughs) all right the show brought to you by betonline.ag go to betonline.ag today use the promo code clns 50 for a 50 percent bonus when you sign up our thanks as always good friend of the program tom westerholm who of course hosts the geno time podcast you should make sure you check that out subscribe listen five star rating all the same stuff that we tell you about this show and it does apply folks we appreciate it uh for tom for evan westerholm i'm adam kaufman and uh we will uh we'll do this again real soon you know it's it's at least we we try and make it fun when when times are tough thanks guys
1: appreciate it man thanks for having me